As a business owner of an aquaculture company, how can you take the first step to be profitable and sustainable at the same time? That's what we're going to be talking about in these episodes. Hello, and welcome to the Business of Aquaculture podcast. This is the podcast for the sustainable business movement in the aqua farming and ocean ranching industries. This podcast aims to amplify the voices of entrepreneurs addressing the United Nations Global Goals, aka Sustainable Development Goals, number 14, to conserve and sustainably use the oceans and the seas. Listen in to fellow business aquaculturists in their journey in this new model of food production of making their business sustainable and help the ocean's ecology while also making a profit all at the same time. Get inspired to learn how even small to medium businesses can make an impact to save the seas, leave a legacy, and have a better quality of life. One of our goals is you take away a nugget of wisdom that will help your business move from the industrial revolution to business 5.0. Our vision is that of collaboration in the aquaculture industry. I'm Lourdes Gant, your host. As an aquaculture business, how do you become a catalyst for aquaculture and alternative seafood innovation in our industry? This is one of the topics we'll be discussing today. So listen in and I hope you enjoy this episode. This episode, I'm grateful to have Wayne Murphy. Welcome to the show, Wayne. Thank you very much, Lord. Uh, looking forward to having a conversation. Yes. He's a partner and co-founder of Hatch Blue. Hatch Blue's mission is to catalyze farmed and alternative seafood innovation through responsible investment, expertise, and insights supported by a strong community. Wayne has a wealth of experience in the management, planning, and delivery of global accelerator programs. He has managed a number of accelerator programs across different sectors, including Accelerator, a sales-focused accelerator run by SOSB, the Bank of Ireland Accelerator, and Start Planet NI, an accelerator project founded by Invest NI in Northern Ireland's premier startup program. Welcome again to the show, Wayne. You're very welcome. Thank you. So I get why you started to actually get to know you a little bit more and your company. So maybe you can tell us about the vision for Hatch Blue. Well, we started five years ago. At that stage, I had no involvement whatsoever in the global aquaculture sector. In fact, the nearest thing I, I knew about aquaculture or fish generally was my own small fish tank at home, which I've been doing that since I was a kid. I've got a big tank now, but that's the nearest I would have been to anything to do with fish and aquaculture. And my background had been in various different sectors, IT, ICT, AI, basically involved in the fintech and general tech sector with a view to developing companies there. And it was five years ago that my fellow co-founder, Karsten Krom, who's a German, and my other co-founder, George, who's also German, we kind of met together with a view to, I was introduced to Karsten because he was looking at a different way of investing in aquaculture companies. So this accelerator model, which is where you give a company a little bit of seed money, you take an equity stake in them, 
eight, 10% stake, for example. And then you surround them with all the right people to help them on their journey to accelerate their development, you know, connect them with the right kind of people, people with all sorts of different types of backgrounds from business to if it's a feed company, it's somebody who's an expertise in feed, obviously surrounding them with investors, but surrounding them with a, a lot of smart people that can help them on their journey, eliminate or at least limit the mistakes that they make in, in growing and scaling a business with a view to ultimately building a successful company and scaling a company where the value increases over time. And that had never been done in aquaculture before. It'd been done in every other sector. So when we got together, I brought my expertise, which was around building those programs, how they work, how they're scheduled and bringing in the right kind of people. And then George and Carson with their aquaculture background had a lot of insight in terms of the technical side of things. So we managed to kind of pull together a team initially of four or five of us, where we delivered the world's first aquaculture accelerator in Norway, kicked off, I think it was the 2nd of April in 2018. We didn't really know how that would go because it had never been done before. And we managed to attract eight companies from around the world, some of now who are doing really, really well, thankfully. But as a project, as an idea, we really didn't know how that would work. And it could have been over before we knew it. But thankfully, we got a significant backing and interest from the Norwegian aquaculture community, which is probably the most advanced, complex, mature aquaculture ecosystem out there around the salmon industry. And when we kicked on from there, we did a program then in Ireland, and then we did one in Hawaii, and then we moved into Singapore. So now we've got a global program where we have now locations in, in Hawaii, in Norway, and also Singapore. And I think now we've got 20-something people that are working in various different parts of Hatch, working on various different topics and sectors. But with a view to our vision and mission statement is building that global community of aquaculture innovators supporting them because it's through innovation and technology and these entrepreneurs with ideas that we very much believe that the necessary changes and requirements in growing more seafood sustainably is going to be through innovation and technology. And we're doing everything we can possibly to support and find and develop and scale those with the smartest ideas through capital, through expertise and through our network. And today we've invested in almost 40 companies We've built our first fund and we're now looking to raise another fund. So, yeah, we want to be the go-to place for aquaculture innovation. And, and I think we've come some parts along the road to do that. And we've made some really good connections along the way and met some amazing people. Wow. It's such an amazing journey. I can hear how this vision coming into the sustainable partnerships when we're in because the industry was so fragmented. And so just having a platform to be able to have aquaculture companies, a go-to where you mentioned capital expertise and network was never done before. So congratulations and kudos to Hutch Blue for this. Really, really, I can't find a word, but the vision itself. I was wondering when you were talking all that, how it all started, were you like, taking a shower <laughs> or was one of the partners just had this epiphany or a divine download? Yeah. Well, at the time, Lord, I was running a different accelerator and in a different sector. And my expertise wasn't in aquaculture at all. In fact, quite the opposite. But, you know, what my passion has always been is enabling people to reach their full potential. Because I do genuinely believe if that can be achieved and people reach their full potential in life, the world is going to be a much better place, right? And I really love to see people joining our programs and seeing them at stage one 
and then just look at them two years later, they're unrecognizable, right? They're walking the walk and they're talking the talk and bringing people with them on their journey and their own successes. And if we can play a small part in, in enabling that, that's cool for us. But getting back to how we started, and I think Karsten would have had, he's a, a PhD in fish nutrition. He had, had a background in feed and aquaculture generally. He had worked for Aquaspark, which is the world's largest investor in aquaculture specifically. So he learned a lot about deal making and investing in, in aquaculture technology companies or companies generally. But he wanted to do his own thing and start to look at investing in aquaculture technologies in a different way. And he knew nothing about accelerators and all that kind of stuff. And I knew a lot about it. And the same with George. So when we came together, we're three quite different people with different skill sets. But I think as a team, when we kicked this thing off in 2018, we really didn't know where it would go. But we were very fortunate that maybe we, we made the right decisions. It was the right time. There's some awesome companies out there and successful companies, and many have failed. But one of the reasons why they fail is because of timing or a lack of good timing. And I think when we come out with building the world's first agriculture accelerator, we just seemed to hit a point where people really understood what we needed to do and how we were going to do it by finding the customers, understanding the, the, the global problem in different sectors, be it alternative feed for fish or disease in shrimp or whatever the problem is. We've got our global footprint in all those different parts of the industry. And we understand the challenges because we've done a lot of work in going out on farms. I don't know how many farms our team have visited across multiple species. And that's where it all comes from. And we've gone out and met these farmers. We understand their pain points. And at the same time, if you think of it smartly, you know, we're also looking to create and find some solutions to those problems. We know what some of them are. And it's just a matter of plugging them together, right? And getting people in the right room and opening up the right doors for discussions that can start building really valuable partnerships into the future. And I guess facilitating all those moving parts was, I guess, the idea from the very beginning in terms of surrounding these people with great ideas, but they were probably quite isolated in whatever part of the world they were in. And then suddenly they step onto our platform and they can go to Norway to talk to Leroy or Movi about their sustainable fish program or their feed program or go to Indonesia to have a look at Regal Springs tilapia operation or go to another place where they can look at shrimp production and, and all the challenges there. So we've worked really hard on building that community and those relationships with key industry players and then with a view to finding the guys and the girls who can really build change in those industries and, and bring the right ideas at the right time. And I guess, as you quite rightly point out, there's a lot of moving parts in this, but that's what we've been working really hard to do. But also finding the right smart people that we can invest in and finding those investable opportunities. And if they're not there now, we've done a lot of work in trying to develop those, right? And building companies and bringing smart people together to solve these problems. So we're not waiting on someone to come with an idea sometimes where we, we've also built companies by bringing in people with the right expertise to kind of solve a particular problem. So aquaculture doesn't wait for solutions. We've got to go and find them. And if they're not there, go and build them or find the people that know what to do with them. And that's part of the proactive work that we've been doing over the last couple of years.
I found a word that I was looking for a while ago. It's such a noble, very noble vision, being able to really, you're like matchmakers were in. If you need one help in one category, like what you mentioned, either it's already existing or you'll find a way to build it. Which leads me to my next questions. What do you see as a future trend in the sustainable aquaculture business? Well, hey, look, there's a pile of them. Certainly an alternative feed source for globally is really, really important as, you know, we've invested in plant-based proteins. There's a company in our portfolio, Montana Microbials, run by two awesome gents, and they produce protein from barley. They use, as they call it, an enzymatic fractionation process to extract protein from barley and quite high percentages of, of protein from barley. You know, there's this wonderful... And right now, there are two locations building $100 million factories to utilize their technology to produce protein, their protein formula. So I think that's certainly one. Obviously, disease is always a challenge. Treating fish welfare, I'm just back from Norway last week where I led a, we led a delegation of companies and investors and state, different country representatives of their respective region to look at the challenges and, and how far ahead the Norwegian industry is. And being on a farm out there, one of the things, interestingly, one of the biggest fish farmers in the world said, if you can come up with an idea that can remove bones from trout automatically, you'll be a millionaire overnight, right? So there's a lot of different kind of key innovations and technologies and areas that many different parts of the sector are looking for improvements in. But I think certainly alternative feed, certainly ways where we can reduce the carbon footprint of aquaculture globally. You know, we've got another company, Brilliant Planet, who is growing algae with a view to, you know, and they're going to start trading in carbon credits with a view to reducing the carbon footprint. And we've got a lot of seaweed projects we're working on which obviously have global climate impact opportunities. Um, so there's so many different parts of, the, of the, the whole industry, Lord. But I think really reducing the global footprint of aquaculture production and that alternative source of feed, I think, for me, at the top of the hour here is R2 that maybe are really critical. Great. Just great. And I know you already mentioned about this because my last question is about what's one thing you can advise a leader in an industry? And you kind of talked about having their full potential. So maybe you can expand more on that. We've all read many books about leadership and how to perform at, at the top level. But I think more than Hatch now, starting off with the three of us, it's about surrounding yourself with the right kind of people that can enable you to kind of take those next important steps. And what I often say on, on our programs you are the average of the five people you spend most time with, right? So if you've got dumb ignorant people around you, the likelihood is that's going to be you too, right? But if you've got smart, motivated, bright, intelligent people who are up for it, they're motivated, and they're excited about the future of your company, I think if you can, you know, yourself with people like that, it gives you the best possible chance of success. And it's not just about aquaculture that Hatch focuses on, Lord. It's fundamentally, we've got to build the infrastructure, which is the company, to enable that to be successful so that the idea, the technology can actually fulfill its mission. Because without that, in terms of building your cash flow, building your investment, you know, readiness, you know, all those key important things and fundamental things of building a business is where we focus a lot on to enable the success in the future. And that's really key. But getting smarter people on your team, smarter people than you, I think is probably the best thing you can even ever possible imagine doing. 
Great. Yes, great. And I love what you mentioned about infrastructure is very important to be able to support the idea and the technology so that the mission can move ahead because without the right infrastructure, I, I had a saying before, a vision without a structure is a pipe dream. <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. And, and I've seen so many amazing ideas, Lord just dive bomb into the ocean and the most amazing potential but you know because they fundamentally weren't able to build a successful business with the right principles and the right foundation you know that was always maybe going to be doomed to failure and that's another thing right a great idea wrong people that is often the case right and i must refer a, a, a person with a lot more experience and know-how and drive as an entrepreneur with an idea than someone who's got maybe a world-changing idea, maybe that they won't get there. Because you can't turn an entrepreneur into a scientist, but you can turn a scientist into an entrepreneur, right? Or vice versa. But I think getting the right foundation in place is, is really critical. Thank you very much. My biggest takeaway from our conversation today, Wayne, is this last part that you said, a scientist can become an entrepreneur, but not vice versa. I think that's very critical because I think everybody thinks that anyone can do this business. It's a very, very technical industry. So thank you again for being on the show. (laughs) My pleasure. And thanks for letting me share what we've been doing. And a big thanks to all those entrepreneurs who've been helping along the way. It's all about them. Thank you. How can they get in touch with you? Certainly, you hit our website. Um, there's an email address there. I think it's info at hatch.blue. We run innovation studios all around the world. We just finished one in Hawaii. We've got one coming up in Ireland in two weeks' time. And then we're hoping to run a women in aquaculture program in October. We did one last year with Conservation International. And then we've got our Singaporean studio kicking off in November. So we're engaging with a lot of startups around the world. And it's always very exciting to see new ideas, new people exciting about our industry because we need to attract the best and the brightest talent to solve the many challenges that we have ahead. And some of these workshops and studios and accelerators are ways for us to you know, make all that happen. Thank you again, Wayne. Do leave a review of the podcast so we can get more people to be aware of the value our guests are providing in these conversations. If you're new to the podcast, I'd like to hear from you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks again, Wayne. Really appreciate your time today. Mahalo. Thank you for listening, and I hope you are inspired from this episode. Do take a moment and share this with your friends and colleagues, and rate and review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'd love to know what your biggest takeaway from this conversation has been. What are you going to do differently? Please share your thoughts across social media and tag us. For links and show notes for this episode, visit our website, www.sustainableaquaculture.ca slash podcast. Thank you again. I hope you will join me on the next episode and together we can help create a better business in aquaculture.